Welcome to the teaching of the New Pathways Part 2. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, Executive Director of Spiritual Care, and I am glad that you're joining us for this series. I pray that it would help transform your life. So here it is, Part 2. We also talk about the three keys to the New Pathway. Romans 12.2 says, or no, it's not Romans 12.2, it's in Philippians, it says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard in me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. That's Philippians 4.9. So the key here is that if you will put it into practice, the peace of God will be with you. But if you don't put it into practice, you won't have peace. Then the other one, the other key to the new pathways is found in Romans 12.2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you see, if you don't, if you get inner healing, but you don't change the way you think and break the lies you believe, eventually you'll go back to old thinking thinking. And that's why people get so discouraged at times of counseling. And I'm not saying anything bad about counseling or counselors because... They assist us all the time. But the whole deal with the new pathways is to break old cycles. And if you don't change the way you think down the road, you're going to be faced with a critical decision you have to make, and you'll make that decision out of the old pathway, out of the old mindset, and you will not break the cycles that you want to break. So the key then is you have to, you have to do and develop the new pathways to break the old cycles. The third key is something Paula White usually says. She says this quite a bit. If you're going to stand on God's promises, don't violate his principles. So in other words, if you're going to claim God's peace for your life, then you can't be walking in unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness will rob your peace. And we really do have to put the word of God into action. You know, if you go to the doctor's office, and the doctor sees you, and he thinks that you have an illness, and he, he diagnoses you with the illness, what does he give you? He gives you a medication that you are to take three times a day, two times a day for a period of time. We need, to stri- we need to treat the Word of God like a medication because we know it is. It is healing. The Bible said God sent His Word and healed us. Like if you have an addiction or a problem that you've gotten the victory over, you ought to find scriptures that correlate with those areas and then memorize those scriptures and say them day, say them three times a day for a year. You know it takes a year to 18 months to really for the brain to heal from an addiction. But what I have to say to that is, but God. Because the presence of God can come in and speed the healing process up for the brain. If you've ever seen an uh, image of the brain or a PET scan of the brain that has been on drugs or alcohol, you'll see that there are centers of the brain that have been damaged that take about a year for that brain to heal. That's why we are totally dependent on the presence of God to bring the healing that is needed for the brain. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, this is a good old pathway scripture. You might be thinking, why you got an old pathway scripture? Because, well, it is what it is. There is a way that appears to be right, but the end leads to death. That's called insanity. Your old pathway seems so comfortable and seems so right, because you've done them for so long that you're just used to doing them. What you're going to find is you're halfway down the old pathway before you recognize it. 
The more you recognize it, the moment you recognize it, get on the new pathway and stop the course. And you will find that you will catch yourself and you'll begin to develop these new pathways. Here's a good new pathway scripture. Proverbs 13, 14. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. And you see, that's what new pathways do. They're like the teaching of the wise. And what they do? They break you out of those old cycles of death. And that's a very important thing. How many of you want to be delivered from the old cycles? I don't think there's anybody here that doesn't want to not get away from those old cycles. That's probably why. And you know, most people say, hey, I don't want counseling. I want healing. I want to get better. And that's exactly what it's all about. It's about helping people come to a point of strength and healing and put their feet on a new foundation, giving them some new tools and then allow them to go out and use their tools and watch them free, fly free like little birds released from the nest. I think that's really exciting to see God work that way. Pathway number one. Forgiveness is not a one-time event, but a lifestyle. You know, this is a really important scripture. And in the heart of healing, we talk about the importance of walking in forgiveness. You know, there was a man in the Bible named Peter. He said, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times. Peter felt pretty good because according to Jewish law, he only had to forgive people three times. And, Peter, and Jesus said, no, Peter, I tell you, not seven times but 70 times 7. Jesus wasn't wanting Peter to time that out to find how much that was. What Jesus was trying to tell Peter is, Peter, if you don't learn to walk in forgiveness in your life, you're going to be miserable. Because you see, Jesus knew about Peter's life, and Jesus knew where he'd end up. At the end of Peter's life, he died a martyr's death, crucified upside down. And I bet he had to say the same thing that Jesus said as he was crucified. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And life is like that. Guys, I'm going to tell you something here. Guys and gals, you all who are here today, there will always be someone trying to get on your hook. I will guarantee it. In life, you will have many, many chances to forgive other people. I kind of related to going down to the Hamilton Dam on the river during spawning season. I used to really love to do that. That place was so full of, of uh, coho that I could practice in salmon. They were so thick in there that I could w almost walk across the river on their backs. That's a little exaggeration. But what I used to like to do is to tie a lure on my hook, cast it across the river, and bring it back through. You know why? Inevitably, I'd hook a fish. It was easy. Life is like that. You will hook people. Uh, and you will have to put them on God's hook. Now, if you've gone through inner healing, you know I teach pathway one and two right after inner healing. Here's why. The same person you forgave two days ago, you're probably going to have to put them back on God's hook today because you're going to have to break yourself out of the cycle of hanging on to unforgiveness. When you see that person's face come back up in front of you, I want you to smile put them back on God's hook. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what the heck's God's hook? Or what's that all about? Then you probably need to go through the heart of healing in the ministry of spiritual care because we have a two-hook diagram we talk about. Putting things on God's hook, taking them off my hook, put them on God's hook. Let God carry it. So forgiveness is not a one-time event, but it is a lifestyle. Pathway number two, healing is not a one-time event, 
but it is a process. I like James 5.14. Is any one of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Healing is most always a process. The Lord will raise him up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. When we go through spiritual care, we say you can talk about anything. There is nothing that you can say that will give us to look at you in a condemning way. Because here's why. The biggest way to the healing process to be able to get off your chest what you've been carrying for all these years. All that stuff is very not healing for you when you're carrying all the garbage. So healing is also a process. It's like peeling an onion. God takes us in layers. So guess what? If you're having to put somebody on God's hook again, most likely you need more healing in your life. So you need to ask the Lord to come into your soul with his presence and power and give you another level of healing. Take it to the next level, Lord. I don't want that wound no more. I don't want that pain anymore. I want to get that out of my life. I'm sending it away to you, Lord. And when you do that, you'll become more free, more free, more free, and more free, and then eventually your misery will become your ministry. And you'll be able to minister to other people. Pathway number three is um, we are dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit every day. Zechariah 4, 6. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I want to say to this, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper and our power source. And you're not going to be able to do this without his help. In the Old Testament... The Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit is the Rauch HaKodesh. Rauch means wind or breath of God or warlike energy. Now it's interesting. The Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, if you're a believer, lives in you and I. So we have that power source on the inside. But at the same time, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the one who comes alongside, the one who is my helper. The one who is like my comforter. So when you're having to put people on God's hook and, and forgive again, and then you're ask, asking God for more healing, you need to realize that the Holy Spirit is walking right beside you, the third person of the Trinity, and he's waiting for you to hand that off to him so he can carry it for you. Now you're going to see in the New Pathways a lot of repeating themes. The psychologist that I was with us in Bible college said you need to hear it more than once so you can wear a groove in your brain so you can remember it and not forget not forget it. So when you realize that you've been carrying it, be quick to hand it off and not carry it no more. Now, you're probably going to hand it off several times during the day because you're so used to carrying it. So we're dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit every day. Pathway number four, deliverance from all fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. There it is, I sought the Lord, and he delivered me, or he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. You need to treat fear as an enemy. The Bible says, God hath not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And it's interesting, fear can be so crippling, and if you've been through spiritual care, and God has healed and delivered you, and fear comes a knocking, you need to bind it, and ask the angels of heaven, to bring it to the feet of Christ and take it away from you. But if you're going to do that, then you've got to put your mind on the things that are pure, loving, and of good report. 
because you need to fill your mind with something that is awesome, something that is good, something that is life-giving. Why? So you don't, something will fill the void in your mind if you don't. I guarantee it. Another um, another pathway here is uh, pathway number five, casting your cares on the Lord is a daily process. First Peter 5, 7 and 8 says, Cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I used to wonder, what does the devil in casting my cares have in common? Well, it hit me one day. If I don't cast my cares on the Lord, they will devour me. I guarantee it. They'll devour my time, my energy, my health. And the enemy is just looking for someone to devour. What does that mean? What it means is he knows where we're weak. He knows when you have a tendency to pick something up, you shouldn't. And if he lays something down by you by a suggestion and he sees you pick it up, he'll lay something else down and something else down and something else down, where finally it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back and you just explode because you can't take it no more. Cast the cares on the Lord. And it's probably, when you first begin to do this, it's going to be a moment-by-moment type situation, hour-by-hour situation, or even day-by-day situation. Pathway number six, taking every thought captive. I love this scripture. You know, I often tell people that victory is 12 inches long. It's a space between your ears. If we can teach you what to do with the thought the minute it enters your mind, guess what? You can stop depression because depression starts with a thought. Now, I know people will say, well, depression is chemical in nature. Well, the reason it's chemical in nature is because if you let emotions and feelings and stress go on long enough and you don't deal with the hurt, it, re- it causes chemical changes to take place in your body that can really spin you into a depression. But when you get healing in your soul and the Lord begins to really set you free and you change your thinking, you can come out of depression. You don't have to live in that place no more. And that's why I love uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? They have divine power. You know what that means? They have power in the Lord to help set you free. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. I love that word, demolish. The Bible says the reason the Son of Man was manifest was to destroy the devil's work. That word destroy in the Greek, and that's in 1 John somewhere, that word destroy in the Greek is to destroy like it never happened and it never existed in the first place. God wants to so set you free. It's like you never had the problem to begin with. That is an awesome, awesome thing to think about. But he said, to demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive, and listen to this, we make it obedient to Christ. Here's what that means. If you have to make it obedient, then it doesn't want to be obedient. You have to force your thought processes. You have to grab a hold of the thought that is running loose in your mind. It's kind of like greasing up a little pig and letting it loose and you have to go catch it. I don't know if you've ever tried to catch little pigs. I've been involved with that before. You grab them by the hind legs and they nearly shake you to death because they're so strong. It's hard sometimes to catch that thought and to make that a a way of, of living and a way of thinking, a pathway taking the thought captive. 
But when you grab it and you give it to Jesus, then you have to put your mind on the things that are pure, lovely, good report. It's like thought replacement therapy. You have to replace what you're thinking of. It is a must. God wants you to know that you can develop this skill through his power where you have control of your mind through the Holy Spirit. Your mind doesn't have to be thinking on everything it shouldn't be thinking on. God wants you to know. And the Bible says, you and I, if we're a believer, we have the mind of Christ. Now, let's be honest. Do you always feel like you have the mind of Christ? Absolutely not. That takes work. And, and that must be done in a personal relationship with the Lord, allowing his presence to saturate us each and every day. Thank you for joining us for the teaching of the New Pathways, Part 2. Thank you for listening to this part, and I pray that you would, like I said in the previous one, listen to it over and over again. It takes time to renew your mind, but it is possible to change the way you think. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody that's listening to this five-part series. I pray that it would indeed be a blessing, helpful, and transformative. In Jesus' name. Amen.